You are listening to the MJ Sportscast. Recapping the latest games, getting you up to date on the latest sports news, and providing our exciting Bay Area picks. This is the MJ Sportscast with your hosts, Mike Tang and Jerry Yang. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode here of the MJ Sportscast. My name is Mike Tang, joined by my co-host, Jerry Yang. Jerry, how are you doing today? Doing good, you know, like uh, always feeling better after a win, after a Niners win. So definitely uh, definitely feeling better. It was kind of crazy because I threw up a stat that the last time we won was 393 days ago, you know, and that at home. But that's a pretty amazing stat that the Niners could go that long while winning at home. It's a curse of Levi's, I guess, that keeps on going, you know. So um, how are you doing? How, how do you feel about that game? <laughs> no, I feel like, the, um, you know, the season, you know, we're still – it's still um, under control, you know. that mm. We we win next next week against Jacksonville, and we're going to be 5-5. Five and five. And I think, like, you know, the Niners have total control of the rest of their games, you know, as opposed to if we lost yeah. today, we're probably thinking about the offseason. We're probably thinking about the draft, right? So mm-hmm. I feel there's hope, you know, beating the Rams here. It's better than losing 31 to 10 going into Jacksonville. Um, yeah. But, but there's just a lot of good things that happen um, here. Um, why don't we name maybe a couple things? Um, that sure. went pretty well. Um, we know that the Niners ran the ball very effectively. Mm. Um, they ran the ball, what, 45 times in this game here. And I thought right. that Jimmy Garoppolo pretty, played pretty well, too, in terms of his effectiveness and and um, kind of going, going through the shotgun a lot more. I thought mm-hmm. them going through the shotgun and Jimmy Garoppolo's passes being more complete going through the shotgun, I think they went, what, 95% of the time. Um, yeah, it was for shotguns, right? yeah. as oh, opposed shotguns, to the yeah. rest of the season was 65%, right, going under center, I believe. So I thought mm-hmm. that adjustment itself could really save the season. Yeah, no, I, I thought um, Jimmy was really clutch in uh, big situations, right? I thought the game plan and the identity of the Niners were more defined now, right? Like they're going to be a run fast, run in your face, <laughs> you know, be a brutal, brutal offense in terms of the running game and try to wear you down there and try to own the time of possession. And then when it comes to third down and long, that's where they turn it on with Jimmy G and Debo Samuels. You know, Debo Samuels was impressive. Um, but yeah, Elijah Mitchell was the man this game. And I thought having Jeff Wilson back was actually a big thing, you know, like having a big back like that on third down, that made a big difference. So, so really impressed with this game. Um, you know, shout out to Jimmy Ward as well, you know, defense, he, he really came through, you know, having that, the two picks at the beginning really set the tone for the rest of the game. Yeah. You know, it looked like, um, our running game was playing pretty well but i think we we only ran for like 3.3 yards per carry (laughs) right so it goes to show how effective just our offense was in general to to just kind of crush the rams um in time possession and also just kind of take the ball away 
um, from Matthew Stafford and and that offense. So I thought I just thought the game plan was excellent by Shanahan um, here, and hopefully he can kind of turn that around and and beat some other teams down the road too. Because it, it seems like we really have the Rams' number. I don't know if it's just because he's you know Shanahan has been very familiar with um, with that opposing head coach or whatnot, or just or just okay. has like that mental um, mental advantage over them. But I'm very I'm I just want them to be more consistent and beat these mm-hmm. other teams as well. Yeah, I mean that was an impressive defense that we beat, right? I mean they have Aaron Jones, they have Von Miller started. Um, you know, not to mention Jalen Ramsey. You know, those are probably three legit guys that are on the defensive end. And um, I thought the Monday Night Football crew gave a lot of credit to the Rams and saying, oh, they had Odell Beckham, so they had to do more huddles and things like that. Sure, I think that has something to do with it. But, you know, we, we got lucky on some plays. I think there was a lot of key drops um, by um, Van Jefferson and Higby that could turn into touchdowns. And, you know, we just got, we lucked out. I thought that was good. I think that was probably the most rattled I've seen Stafford, um, him throwing the ints and as well as taking sacks. Uh, I think there was a stat where he hasn't taken a sack in the red zone this season, actually. So mm-hmm. it shows how well our defense has done. You know, our defensive front has really stepped up. And I think credit goes to Al Shair, you know, filling in for Drake Greenlaw. I think he's making a big impact in this game, you know. And then Hufmanga came through, Mosley and Jimmy uh, Ward obviously had big plays. DJ Jones, I think, had one of the biggest plays, right, on fourth down. So I think he he gives a lot of credit, too. So I think it was a, one of the best games I've seen the Niners um, since the Shanahan era because I thought it was the most complete, right, like from – First quarter to the last quarter, we we were kept the pedal on. We were really good throughout the whole game. It wasn't like uh, previous years where when Shanahan and the Niners won, it was one or two quarters that really won it for us. And then the rest of the game was like really bad, right? So I think that's where where I was the most impressed. I think with this team, so so we beat the Rams here, thirty-one to ten. And now we have the Jaguars coming up next Sunday here at Jacksonville. Mm. Do you see the 49ers um, kind of keeping up with this good play um, here? You know, uh, the Niners (laughs) have been very, you know, we've been very, we've just been very up and down um, this season when we think that, you know, we're kind of turning the corner as for example, against uh, the Chicago bears, we think, oh yeah, we beat the bears, you know, on the road. And then we ended up, you know, losing, I guess two two in a row um, here. Okay. I I I hope I hope we're going to figure it out and and start beating these teams. But do you think um, do you think this level of competition will remain the same? I mean, that's what makes me nervous, right? Because it's like if you think about the game with Arizona, where the Niners were really confident going into Arizona because Kyler was out, Hopkins was out. And they lost Chase M in the beginning. I felt yeah. like the team let the let their foot off the gas a little bit and kind of slept on the opposing team. And that's what we're afraid of with Jacksonville. You know, I think the travel schedule is going to kind of suck because they're going to go to Florida. So the East Coast game is never easy. <laughs> um, and the Jags have been pretty good the last few games. You know, so it's 
it's going to be a tough matchup. And I think Trevor Lawrence is starting to look a little bit better. And, you know, they lost to the Colts, but they also beat the Jags. Their defense is very legit. You know, the Jags defense is underrated, I think, compared to those teams. So, so we'll have to see how our trenches, you know, and the front seven does, right? Our offensive line does. Um, I think that's where we're going to win every game now. And that's how we won the last game, right? I think the philosophy was to focus more on the lines, both mm-hmm. on the defense and the offensive end, and then seeing how we can, um, you know, wear them down, you know, and give our defense some rest. So I think the, I hope we stick with the game script and just run the ball as even though we might not get a lot of yards, just run the ball until the defense crumbles, you know, and it worked out this last game. So hopefully that's the identity that we go with and we have a good game plan next week. We also have to wonder if the league is starting to gravitate more towards a running running game um, league, right? Where um, the last few years, teams like the Chiefs, um, they, they uh, played very well um, going with, you know, an all pass attack um, here and really depended on the, um, the big play, but teams, the defending teams now they're playing that too high um, safety um, formation against the chiefs. And it's going very effective where they're just taking away all the big plays. Right. And they're just kind of, um, they're baiting them to run the ball and it's kind of helped. Right. So Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe the offense now is going back to running the ball again as opposed to just passing it over 75% of the time. Um, yeah, I think so too, right? And I think there's a lot of uh, finesse and a lot of uh, timing with an experienced um, team. I think passing it might be, you know, the thing to do, but you saw Tom Brady even struggle this weekend with that, right? And, and you know, the Saints are struggling as well without having Drew Brees there being like their dominant passer. And they, relied more on Alvin Kamara this season and that, that's yeah. working out okay with them, right? So it's kind of like there's going to be a shift in mentality. I just hope um, my biggest concern will be health, right? Um, see Elijah Mitchell and, um, you know, Jeff Wilson having to run the ball so much and Hasty being out. Um, we can't afford our injury on the running back end. And if you're running it so much, you're going to be prone to that. So that's going to be... And that's going to be tough, right? So we're going to have to be careful of that and kind of manage um, the snap a little bit there. I, heard, I hope we get Trey Sherman out, Sherman out there, right? I mean, where where has he been? <laughs> you know? um, I think he needs to somehow work into the rotation a little bit just to not wear out Mitchell for, for the rest of the season. It's this, the year of the red shirt draft picks. That's what it really comes down <laughs> to for 2021. And that's a good point, though, right? Because I think we drafted Aaron Banks as this big offensive line that could help with the run. So it only makes sense to me to put him in it sometimes. You know? <laughs> like, let's let's put that guy in there a little bit. I think he had a late start because he had an injury in the preseason, right? So he wasn't – or in, you know, pre-training camp, I guess, OTAs. He, he sustained an injury, missed all of – preseason games and after that he was kind of in the doghouse with Shanahan you know <laughs> but you know 11 weeks in you kind of have to pull yourself out of the doghouse <laughs> and try to win some games so maybe we'll the see. coaching staff maybe the organization um were wrong right about their third round pick and if it was reversed 
And if, if Elijah Mitchell was the third round pick and Trey Sermon was a sixth round pick here, would we be really upset that this, that Trey Sermon would be sitting, you know? So <laughs> sometimes you hit on that sixth rounder, fifth or sixth rounder, and then miss completely on the second, third rounder. Yeah, here, so. and it seems like they miss right now, right? I think they're missing on the second, third, and fourth round because <laughs> I don't believe Thomas is not out there either, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, that I guess that makes a good point for me and the Rams. Maybe their philosophy is correct in trading weight top draft picks and getting leaders in the locker room, right? Because I think that's where we suffer. And we talked about it last week that there's no leadership in any of the positions anymore after Sanders, Staley, and um, Sherman left. You know, Richard Sherman left. And those were the big leaders of the locker room at the time. And all those guys are really just free agents except for Staley, right? So maybe the philosophy with the Rams and getting guys like Jalen Ramsey and uh, Aaron Donald and other guys to come into the organization, become leaders. Like Stafford, obviously, is now the leader of that locker room, right? And he's a free agent that came in. Uh, maybe that's a better philosophy in some ways, you know, especially if we're not going to hit on the top picks. So let's at least get a leader in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I think the team needs to evaluate. I think as the season progresses, as the years progress, and Shanahan and Lynch are coming close to the end of their contract, I can see them doing that a lot more, right? And taking more chances and trading away picks or trading away guys to get veteran leadership in there and gain that piece to be more win now, you know. Um, in the first year of their second contract, I think we don't see that as much, you know, and this year we won't see as much. But, you know, towards the end, I think that's going to be what they have to do if they want to be a contender. Yeah, it's, it's just a very fine line between trying to, you know, acquire pieces now as opposed to also acquiring pieces like three, four years down the line who will be able to help you. Um, right. It's kind of something the Warriors have done pretty well the last few, you know, off season is keeping like that main core in the present but, and also thinking like 10 years from now, how are we going to keep this going um, here? And we can definitely talk a little bit more as we transition towards basketball on how yeah. the Warriors are doing as opposed to what the 49ers have been trying to accomplish this season. Uh- I think the biggest worry and concern for the Niners is the fact that um, there's nothing really attracted people to come here right now, right? Versus the Warriors, you have Mm -hmm. Curry there, you have Clay coming back, you have Draymond there, you have Steve Kerr, who's a proven, you know, head coach, um, versus the Niners. Kyle Shanahan's still unproven, right? He hasn't won any Super Bowls. You have Jimmy G, who's out the door soon. Trey Lance is unproven, right? And then you have Nick Bosa, who's emerging, but he's still not the leader of the locker room yet. Yeah. Trent Williams, who's also not a leader. So, you know, you don't have got, you don't have that attraction, I think, right now. Um, but next year, hopefully, Trey Lance becomes that leader, so you establish the offense. Now, on the defensive side, you have more leadership in terms of the secondary, getting someone in there, right? Um, and for free agent, hopefully. So, yeah, I just want to briefly um, go over the parity of the NFL so far um, here. Yeah, uh, there's just been so many teams out there in the NFL that's like five and four, five and five, four and five um, here, and I think we belong mm-hmm. in that pack. And I can also see the Raiders belonging there too. You know, everyone was pretty 
um, was pretty optimistic about their hot start. Mm. You know, they started five and three, and I think what they're they were they were five and two or so, and now they they lost the last couple games, yeah. and now they're like five and four. Um, it seems mm-hmm. like um, their season is kind of falling apart in a way um, due to you know the Henry Ruggs situation, uh, due to injuries um, here. John Gruden, right? Losing John Gruden. Losing John Gruden. Um, so it just goes to show that I think there's no there's no like clear cut favorite besides maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but even the Buccaneers have lost a couple games right um, yep. this season too. And the and Cardinals, the, right, who who started really hot and now don't have Kyler, right? <laughs> so, yeah. And the Chiefs, you know, they, the Chiefs also lost quite a few games, mm-hmm. but then they blew out the Raiders in Sunday night football. Right. And now they're back on that championship <laughs> hunt too. Well, they're leading now the AFC West, right? I think that's the crazy part is how the script flips so quickly. I think the only team that's somewhat consistent right now is the Bills, but even then – it's hard to say, right? <laughs> yeah. And, um, the Titans have the have the best record with the Packers, but you know the Titans right now lost uh, Derrick Henry. You know, so that's a huge loss for them. And the Packers, Aaron Rodgers didn't look that good in the last game. So, so yeah, it's hard to say. There's no like guaranteed good team. And I think what the crazy part is, we're still in the bubble for a wild card berth. You know, at four and five, I think a few more wins, we're going to be back in it because we were going to play the Vikings. We're also in the hunt, right? Um, so if you get one win over them, that's going to help us out a lot. So hopefully the next two games with the Jags and with the Vikings, if we can pull out the next two wins, I think we're back in it. You know, if anything, we'll be on top of the wild card, card picture. So. We'll yeah, see. I believe I believe the 49ers can control their own destiny, but first they have to take it one game at a time um, here and beat the, yeah. the Jaguars and not over, overlook them because it's so easy to look overlook anyone in the NFL. So win against the Jaguars, and we um, we have total control of the rest of the season is what I believe. Yeah, it's, and I guess one last note is the Jets are getting a lot of heat now from Robert Sala and that situation. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy how, like, you know, that organization turned on them so quickly, but I guess they're just really tired of losing, you know? So I guess it's, it, you can't really blame them, you know, but it just shows, you know, like without Zach Wilson there, I think it, it's, it's impacting them, but yeah, poor, poor Salah, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, he'll do well. If not, you know, we'll yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is his first season, so let's see if he gets through his uh, full contract there um, with yeah. the Jets. Let's kind of jump into the NBA. Uh, the Warriors here, they lost to the Hornets um, this past Sunday evening. Uh, they kind of played a shootout, to be honest with you, which yeah. it went back and forth for most of the game. That was um, a fun here. game to watch, actually. It was right? it was a good game, but when you look at the, the final score, it was like, what, 106 to 102? So that's it wasn't true. really like a high-scoring game. It was a fourth quarter, that's why. It was like a 30-point per quarter until the fourth quarter. <laughs> so I think yeah. that's where, where the difference came in. But, but um, is there any concerns for you on the team losing? I feel like, you know, Kirby always played pretty well. Kumunga actually got some meaningful minutes in there other than that you know like maybe porter did okay <laughs> but 
Yeah, yeah that was I one think... of the worst games we've seen. Some guys, I think Iguodala did the worst sell, I think, the season so far in that game, right? Yeah, I think there were some, um, there were some good things that happened there in the game where Kuminga came in in the first half and really, um, kind of played that role where, you know, he he basically rebounded and was able to, you know, kind of score, um, while Curry's on the floor, which I thought was a good yep. thing here and. Kerr mentioned that Kaminga looks a little bit like Kawhi Leonard when Kawhi Ooh. was with the was with the Spurs, you know, uh-huh. um, coming up through that Spurs system. Um, they didn't ask much of Kawhi back when they had Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker. He just they just asked him to play defense and um, and move without the ball, you know. And I think that's what Kaminga, you know, can do is just kind of play D, um, be able to you know finish around the basket. Um, there and there's definitely some value there where if he can guard some of the opposing team's best player um, he'll be able to find the floor more often so I thought that was that was definitely a good good thing that came out of that game here yeah hopefully we end up it ends up better for Kaminga than for Kawhi with the Spurs you know (laughs) that Mm -hmm. was kind of a rough ending with them so you know hopefully we develop a main stage here you know so but yeah. yeah, I mean, Gary Payton also looked pretty good, not this game, obviously, but I think he's emerging as one of the hidden gems of the season. You know, I'm hearing a lot of hype on social media as well as KMBR um, talking a lot about Gary Payton the second and how he's emerged as one of the guys that are already the stars of the season. You know, it's only a couple games in, but people are, are touting him pretty high. So what do you think about Gary Payton? Um, I think we have to be careful about overhyping players off short sample sizes um, here. And um, the thing is, GP2, he's not a great shooter, right? And mm-hmm. um, he's there for his defense. And if he's and if he's not playing excellent defense and being like um, effective on that side of the ball, then he's basically kind of like a non-shooter out there. And can we afford to have GP2, Draymond Green, and Andre Godala on the floor at the same time, right? And we mm-hmm. kind of saw that it, their ineffectiveness in the fourth quarter where if Curry's if being well-guarded, who's going to make a shot in that fourth quarter, right? right. Who's going to get some buckets? Who's going to get a two for you? And they just went stone mm-hmm. cold the last like five minutes or so. And that's why the four, that's why the Warriors lost that game, yeah. right? So... That's my main concern. Um, I, my main concern is that GP2 is just like one of those high energy players off the bench where you just need a stopper or two. But can he stay on the floor for a long period of time, right? When teams are. Well, I don't really think they expect the him to, right? I don't think they expect him to. I don't think they expect him to replace Draymond or anything. I think it was just like people are just surprised by the value that you're getting from him, you know? Like, you didn't expect him to be a instant contributor right away. I feel like a lot of people thought he's going to be there, you know, off the bench, a few plays, and not really contribute much early. And maybe towards the end, he'll be a bigger contributor. But, you know, he's contributed a lot, I think, in the first few games, you know, on defense and sometimes on offense, you know. But but that defensive part, I think people are pretty impressed with. So. So I, I hear you, right? Like, let's not get overly excited. But I think at the same time, I think the organization made the right decision by keeping him, you know, over Beal. So 
uh, or Bradley, sorry. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see as the time goes on because even Belnica, I think a lot of people were hyped on him after one game. He's been good, but he hasn't been, like, as good right, as the first few games. So, so yeah, well, like you said, wait and see, right? Yeah, Belitsa, it's like, let's face Belitza. it, the guy is not closing games, right? He's, <laughs> he's not he's not the type oh, of no. player that's going to close games like that first game against the Lakers, right? I think we, right. I think all the fans thought, oh, man, this guy, this guy's a godsend, you know? But then <laughs> as the season goes on, huh? as the season goes on, we kind of realized why this guy was a free agent. And fell into our lap, right? Um, so we can't really annoy hey, him. He's better ass. than uh, Smilik, right? Alex Smilik. He's better than him, please. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited to um, watch the Warriors, uh, you know, face the Nets um, there. We're going to see our old friend, Kevin Durant, um, tonight here. <laughs> but it should be an interesting matchup. They're going to be on the road. And I think this is going to be their biggest test this season so far yeah i mean the ramper is shorter and there's no joe harris but i think it's still gonna be tough like you said on the road you know the, not an easy place to win and durant always had our number right i think before you know the when he was a vocac he's always played pretty well against us and i think one of the biggest themes that happened was we upset them during the playoffs you know <laughs> uh, in that one okc year so uh, but I remember him always been really good against us, and that's why I think Draymond and everyone else are trying to get Durant to join us because they didn't yeah. play well against him. You know, so yeah. so it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight. But it's uh, it's gonna be a good game, I think. Yep, absolutely. Let's move on to our picks of the week. All right, let's do it. So let's start off the Niners. Um, they're gonna be in Jacksonville against the Jags. Uh, the mm-hmm. line is minus 7.5. And this line actually moved a lot. It started from 4, minus 4, and then it moved to 7.5, which means there's a lot of people taking the Niners here. Right? That's usually what happens when the line moves that much is they're trying to fend off people from from betting on the Niners as much. You know? And then the over-under is 46. So who do you have, Mike? Well, let's first pick on the line here. I think the line is going to be under seven, seven and a half. Um, just because I think the Jaguars are not as bad as we think they are um, going into this game here. And I think the Jaguars also are coming off a bye, right? If, if to my uh, understanding, yes. they're, they're coming they? off a bye week. So I think they're going to be pretty prepared um, for this game. Um, if I'm miss. If I'm uh, misinformed, let me know. But no, 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 no. They 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 just uh, played against the Colts. Uh, the Colts okay. beat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Colts did beat them, right? Yeah, the Colts beat them in in in. So it was a close okay. game. It was seventeen to twenty-three. But... Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna pick the under um, here. I think the score is gonna be kind of in the low twenties. Um, mm-hmm. Here, so I'm gonna pick the the under, and I think it's gonna be like a, a field goal game. Right where the 49ers will prevail with possibly a Robbie goal field goal in the last two minutes. Uh, yeah, what do you think, Jerry? Yeah, I mean this one's tough. So I think the under seems pretty good to me. I think the last game was under as well. It actually moved a lot to 50 um, since we talked. Right, it was like 545 to 50, and then it actually hit the under there. <laughs> Which is interesting, right? Um, usually, the, a lot of people were betting over when that happened, right? 
uh, but did go under. Um, so I think it'll stay that way. It'll stay under on 46. Um, the actual size is a little bit tough. Um, minus seven and a half is pretty daunting, but a lot of people picked the Niners. So that's why I moved that way. So I'll roll with the Niners at minus seven and a half. Um, you know, hopefully a line moves to 6.5. <laughs> but I'll just go with the Niners because I think the Niners do have the edge here coming off a lot of momentum. Um, and they do better on the road. Right? That's another thing to consider as well. They're a better road team than home team a lot of times, which is kind of unusual. But, you know, they, they I think they got to figure it out. And I think Trevor Lawrence is still pretty raw, right? I don't think he's had a lot of good games lately. So I think, you know, I'll, I'll stick with the Niners here. Okay. All right, next game. Yeah, next game we're going to pick is Warriors and Nets tonight. Uh, the spread is minus three favoring the Nets. And the over-under is 222. What do you have, Mike? Yeah, just real quick here. I know we're um, short on time, but I'm going to pick the, the Nets um, here. And I think they're going to go over. Um, and I think that, uh, God, that, that line at 222, is it's, it's pretty rough. <laughs> but I think I'm going to pick the – oh, gosh, I think I'm going to pick the over in this one. <laughs> Yeah, I can feel the it. struggle. I can feel yeah. the struggle in your face on that one. Yeah, so I'm going to pick the over at 222 here, and I'm going to pick the Nets. I don't think it's going to be a huge blowout, but I think they're going to win within like five to seven points. What do you think? Yeah, that over-under is daunting. You know, I think 222 is actually pretty good. I think Vegas did a really good job of setting that line. It's going to be around like 222, 222. Um, I'll go with the under just to be more of a contrarian pick. Right, this uh, I think under you know lately the games haven't really been going over, so I'm gonna go with the under. I like how the team is gonna probably play more defense in this game, and not having Joe Harris as a shooter for them is gonna be huge. Uh, and then you know I'll go against you on this one. I'm gonna go with the Warriors plus three. You know I like the Warriors um, in terms of their momentum coming off a loss. You know, they had a rest day yesterday. Um, so, yeah, I think hopefully this travel day won't affect them as much and they'll, they'll be good to go. So, All that's right. my picture. Well, that, uh, that is our show for this week here. We will tune yep. in um, next time. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the MJ Sportscast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the MJ Sportscast at Mike408 at Mind of Jerry11. Tune in next week for another exciting episode.